Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today is February 27th, 2023. Anno Domini. Today's top stories, El Salvador's crackdown on crime. A new mega prison has been built and the libs are losing it. Next, Washington state has instituted a new domestic violent extremism division. That sounds fun. And finally, the deep fake wars have begun. The social media is melting down after our deep fake of Biden was released upon them. All this and we're ahead, Human Events Daily. Folks, the Poso Daily Brief is completely free and it is available to you right now to sign up for one email directly to your inbox every single day. We're not going to inundate with you with these things. They're, again, completely free to sign up. Humanevents.com slash Poso. You will get access to the Poso Daily Brief. Read what I read for show prep. You want to be doom scrolling across social media all day long on Twitter or Telegram, Getter, Truth, etc. You can have a one-stop shop to find out what's on my mind, what's going into the show, and even stories that don't quite make it into the show. The Poso Daily Daily brief humanevents.com slash poso. Let's get into it. It looks like a sea of skin and tattoos. These images released by El Salvador's government shows the transfer of about 2,000 inmates stripped to their shorts and with their heads shaved to what's been dubbed the country's new mega prison. It just opened. It's believed to be the largest prison in the Americas with a capacity for 40,000 people. And it's the latest step in a controversial crackdown on crime that's caused the country's prison population to soar. A controversial crackdown on crime has caused the country's prison. Just, just walk me through this. Do you want there to be less crime? Okay, you do. Do you want there to be criminals on the street? No, you don't. But you also don't want the prisons to be filled. So here's one way or the other on this. If you're going to have a prison system, be your just just think it out. Just think it out logically. If you're going to have a prison system, be your answer. Okay, for your criminal justice program, then in order to combat crime, you have to put the criminals in the prison. You take the criminals and you put them in the prison, take the gang members and you put them in the prison. And I see that on Reuters, they actually called them suspected gang members. Oh, suspected gang members, really? Because I don't know if you know those tattoos, those little ink drawings, those deciphered hieroglyphics on their faces. Yeah. That's not some just like arbitrary Rorschach test. No, it's not like they walk into the tattoo shop and they're like, oh man, let me get one of those. You know, we get some of that Chinese over there. No, those are their gang affiliations literally inked onto their heads like a barcode, you idiot. And by the way, what do you think happens if you put gang tats on your face, but you're not actually a member? I'll give you three guesses, but you probably only need one. One guess as to what happens if you put that on and you don't, you're not actually a member of the gang. It's not exactly like the Yellowstone brand, but you do get taken to the train station. So in this case, a lot of people are attacking the new president of El Salvador and they're saying, how could you do this? How could you just, you just have mass arrests and lock up all these people and send in soldiers to lock them up and put them in jails? This is terrible. This is horrific. It's fascism. It's t- guess what? El Salvador which has the highest murder rate per capita in the world, in the world, just cut their homicide rate in half. 
in just one year. In just one year. Homicide rate cut in half. See, here's the dirty little secret. Because the media, and I love the media response to this, because they want to call it racist. But they realize they can't because who's doing it? The El Salvadoran government. You see, race has nothing to do with it because it's about criminals. And other El Salvadorans do not want those criminals on the streets and running things with the level that they currently do. Now, the goal of this, obviously, if it's going to be successful, is to make sure that's instituted after the current president leaves office. See, this is a big problem that you have with regimes or governments where there's that much turnover, because if you have a good policy like this, uh, you know, look at the broken windows policy in New York in the 1990s then new mayors come in, new administrations come in, new regimes come in, and that gets degraded, 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 and then eventually it gets you back to where you were because the good policy suddenly isn't in place anymore because personnel is policy. Let me lay that out again. Personnel is policy. You need the right people in the right jobs at the right time. And so the responses to it have just been insane, completely insane, and yet the effects have been monumental. And here's the deeper question. Is it really just that easy? Is it really just that easy to stop violent crime? Is it really that easy to drop the homicide rate? Because the dirty little secret is that in El Salvador and even in the United States, the percentage of people that commit murders, the demographic that commit murders in the United States is very small. There's only a small amount of people that are committing murders and committing shootings. If you're able to target that group of people, if you're going after the people that are committing the shootings and committing the homicides, you're locking them up and you're keeping them locked up, then guess what? The violent crime goes down. Do you take the people who commit the violent crime, you put them in jail. Or you use the Singapore option, as I have stated in the past, perfectly viable, especially for a small country like El Salvador, in the same way that Singapore is also a small country. You have the ability to do this. You could do that in any country, as a matter of fact. Keep in mind that the whole idea of prisons, as we said a few weeks ago here on the program, is itself a progressive idea. Before the prison reform movement, prison just used to be the place that you waited while you were on trial before your sentence was carried out. So it was a holding cell. It was never meant to be the actual punishment. Your sentence could uh, span a wide gamut from forced labor. I mean, we still have that today. We have picking up trash, uh, stamping out license plates, et cetera, et cetera. So we certainly have labor uh, as a form of punishment that goes all the way back to the Roman Empire. You have public punishments, of course all the way up to public executions. But in the middle at the time, you also had public floggings. You had these situations where people would say, okay, do you want the lash or do you not want the lash? And it is as simple as that. So I applaud the president of El Salvador and I question any president that is not pursuing these policies if you are faced with those levels of crime. You know, a lot of people complain about the state of our country or the way that woke corporations treat us and their employees, but it's not enough to complain. We need to change the way the marketplace works. And that starts with you and where you spend your money. 
In less than a year, Public Square has grown to be the largest platform of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses the world has ever seen. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that would never cancel you for your political views, Public Square is your guide. There's also an interactive, sensor-free community group where you can connect with other local members. Here is the best part. It's absolutely free to join. What do you do? Go to publicsquare.com. That's publicsq.com and download the app today. Simply create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. We can't always change the world, but we can change how and where we spend our hard-earned dollars. Begin your search today at Public Square. Guys, it's super easy. Just go to publicsquare.com, publicsq.com. Super simple. Download it, set it up. You'll love it. In Washington state this week, legislators held public hearings to form a domestic violent extremism commission that, if implemented, would make Washington the first in the nation to target extremism with a public health and civic engagement approach. The state attorney general's office authored the study that recommends the commission and other steps to prevent domestic terrorism and hate crimes. Here to discuss that effort is the attorney general, Bob Ferguson. Attorney general, thanks for joining us. This report uh, was in response to the rise in white supremacy and domestic extremism in your state and across the country. Washington ranks fifth in the country for, for white supremacist incidents. What actions are you recommending that your state take? Yeah, thanks so much for having me on, Laura, on this important subject. I appreciate it. So in a nutshell, after a very detailed report that my team has put together and talking to a lot of experts around the country, the recommendations are first and foremost to create that commission that you mentioned at the outset, a commission that is specifically focused on this issue. And that's not something we've seen around the country with other states. It's really one takeaway from this report is I think it's appropriate for states to take a more active role on addressing domestic violent extremism. And this commission can put forth recommendations to really address this challenge here in Washington state. Congratulations, Washington state. You just created what's called the Domestic Violent Extremism Commission. Congratulations. You are stopping all the domestic violence in your state. We all remember those horrific attacks by the, um, you know, that that group in, in Washington state. The, the um, well, well, of course, it was when the KKK took over that 12 square block radius of downtown Seattle, right? Back in the summer of 2020, uh, all those people got shot to death. Those kids got shot to, and killed. Um, there was just mass anarchy. There were fights. There were riots breaking out in the middle of the city at Capitol Hill. It was called the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone of the KKK. We all remember that. Of course, the, in fact, the city of Seattle just had to pay $3.2 million to the homeowners of there because it was very strange. Why would the government of Seattle just go ahead and turn over 12 square blocks to the Ku Klux Klan in the middle of Seattle, except, oh, wait, it actually wasn't the KKK. It turns out it was Antifa. But, you know, I mean, I digress. So the Washington state government, even though they actually did have a level of domestic violent extremism in their state, and keep in mind, they're just north of Portland, that during the summer of 2020 had a two-month-long nightly siege of the federal courthouse from far left-wing militants and Antifa militants. What do we see here? What exactly are they going to be focusing? Are they going to be focusing on the black bloc? Are they going to, are they going to purchase my book? Are they going to read my documentary all about Antifa? Are they going to learn about these things? Have they consulted us? Producer Angelo, have they reached out? He says no. Hmm. But then again, he's been a little, he's been a little ornery, gave up pork for Lent. 
The new report also recommended adding DVE to state law, even though there are already statutes addressing hate crimes. The FBI defines domestic terrorism within the context of actual crimes or intent to deter a crime. Okay, so let's go down. Let's go down. Let's go through. What are some of the narratives? And of course, one of the slides was made by the good people at the Anti-Defamation League. You might remember the ADL from such hate hoaxes as the Day of Hate this last weekend, where they ran around telling everybody that the white supremacists and the fascists and the bigots were all going to be attacking last weekend, and none of it actually happened. So we call a hoax. So what's the Anti-Defamation League doing next? Well, it turns out that there just aren't enough actual domestic violent extremists for their, you know, for their liking. You know, they, they just wish there were more. So they're moving the chains. And this is what the groups like this do. This is what completely fake groups like this do. Now, one of the motivate or a number, I should say, a number of the motivating narratives for the extremists boosted by mainstream media include election fraud, anti-mask and anti-vaccine narratives, anti-critical race theory narratives, anti-grooming narratives. And it points out that these conspiratorial narratives are motivating extremists boosted by the mainstream. This has led to increased threats against election officials, medical professionals, school board members, protests and disruptions at school board meetings, pride events, and our beloved drag queen story hours. Remember, we must all fight and die for drag queen story hour to be spread throughout the entire globe and then eventually the solar system. You know, I've, I always tell my kids that I have a dream that one day my children and other children will be holding drag queen story hours on Mars. Yes, it's actually something that I've thought about since I was a young boy. And, and at some point, I hope that my children will be able to have this dream as well. I dreamed a dream. The drag queen story hour would never die. So in Washington state, if you post any of these things, guess what? You're now a domestic violent extremist. And keep in mind, this is from the same people, the very same people that were, were putting out uh, the FBI was using these same type of databases when the ADL, that was SPLC, the same type of group calling for traditional churches, churches that use the Latin mass to be put on lists. So guess what? We're making lists of churches. We're making lists of people who disagree with the narrative and we're calling it protection. We're calling it safetyism. We're calling it helping the people who can't help themselves. It's all being done in the name of good government. See, this is what problem, this is the problem that arises when you base your entire government on safetyism. Because back in the day, in fact, for the majority of American history, the idea was if there was an idea out there that you didn't like, you didn't call for it to be banned. You debated it, criticized it, you engaged with it. But now, because we have a uh, gynocentric longhouse system in the West, instead of actually engaging with this or engaging in confrontation, the new move is to go behind people's backs, 
to make lists and to call for the bad thing to be taken out, dealt with like a virus. Kind of similar to something that happened in 2020, if you remember. I know I do. Do you? This is the issue, folks. They're doing it in their states. They're eventually going to bring this to the federal government. They tried to last year until we, right here on Human Events Daily, shut down the Ministry of Truth and Nina Jankovic. But she's going to try again. And so and since they couldn't get it done at the federal level, they're going down to the state governments in the blue states where they already control the legislatures, the governors. And so just watch. You're going to see this happen again and again. And I said national divorce is not an option, as it really isn't. But you need to understand what's going on in these blue states, and you need to understand very, very fast. Warning everyone I could. You've met with Obama, and just for one reason, look, just watch talk out. about AI. Yes. And what did he say? So what about Hillary? <laughs> Worry about her first. Shh. Everybody, be quiet. No, he, he listened. <laughs> he certainly listened. Um, I met with Congress. I met with, I, I was at a meeting of all 50 governors and talked about just AI danger. And I talked to everyone I could. No one seemed to realize where this was going. The illegal Russian offensive has been swift, callous, and brutal. It's barbaric. Putin's illegal occupation of Kyiv and the impending Chinese blockade of Taiwan has created a two-front national security crisis that requires more troops than the volunteer military can supply. I have received guidance from General Milley, Chairman of the Joint Chiefs, that the recommended way forward will be to invoke the Selective Service Act, as is my authority as President. The first to be called in a sequence determined by national lottery will be men and women whose 20th birthday falls during calendar year 2023. Remember, you're not sending your sons and daughters to war. You're sending them to freedom. God bless our troops and God bless Ukraine. So that was the AI pre-creation that the team here at Human Events Daily put together for our Sunday special. I want to remind you that the Sunday special was about the dangers of nuclear war. It also included animations of what a nuclear strike would look like. We were laying out a scenario of how the U.S. could escalate through mission creep in Ukraine, possibly also in Taiwan, as is mentioned in the clip. That could lead us towards nuclear war as part of a long-ranging story. And even in the clip itself, I specifically state it was a pre-creation, that it is a preview of coming attractions. I stated that it was designed and scripted by the team here at Human Events Daily. I clearly stated this. Here are some of the responses that we've received on social media. I'm done with you. I do not support the use of this technology in any way. You should be confining yourself to reporting what he actually does, not making predictions and videos that will be taken out of context and used to discredit yourself. There's another word for this. You're lying. This is quite literally disinformation. You're using the enemy playbook as your own morally wrong in my own view. Using the enemy playbook as your own morally wrong in my own view. Do you understand this is why conservatives lose? This is why conservatives haven't conserved anything, because they refuse to use the same tools that are out there for everyone else to use. Do you have any idea 
how many hoaxes have been spread or were spread during the administration of President Trump. But I don't see anybody complaining about that. No, 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 no. Joe Rogan even just did a video talking about, and to his credit, he did debunk it after he mentioned it, but he talked about Trump's drinking bleach comments. He never said drinking. He never said bleach. Go back and watch the video. He never said anything about that. Yet you can go to somebody on the street right now and say, hey, do you remember that time Trump talked about drinking bleach? You remember that? Remember how funny that was, yo? This is so funny. Never happened. Literally never happened. And so, no, we are not running around claiming this is real. But are we going to use these tactics to make a point? Are we going to use these tactics to actually go on offense? Yes, we are. But let's continue because there's more. Mass creation of this video would cause mass hysteria. This is very dangerous tech. My absolute favorite one, though. My absolute favorite. Hold on. Before I get to the favorite one, I'll tell you what. I'm, this is the most irresponsible and deplorable use of deep fake technology. He's spreading propaganda. This is actually disgusting. I'm sick to my stomach. Stick around. There's going to be more. This is so stupid. You make a fake video and nowhere in the tweet or start of the video state that it's fake. Sell pillows. <laughs> but the best one has to be this, this, this pastor down in South Carolina. He said, and I'm going to read it in my own voice. I'm not going to use his voice, though I did go back and look up his videos. Y'all should be locked up for playing a freaking video like this. What's wrong with you evil people? The Lord rebuke you, and I utterly condemn this video and demand it be pulled. This is not acceptable. Okay. Okay, buddy. He actually deleted that one. You should be immediately banned from Twitter. People were calling for me to be jailed. There was one trans activist calling for me to be jailed. A pastor has rebuked me. Happy Monday, by the way. I spent the day off of social media yesterday, so what can I say? I've, I've come back a little rejuvenated. I'm feeling like getting into the mix. I'm feeling, what can I say? 10 out of 10. Let's go on, because there were more. There actually were more. I absolutely do not support this. This is a fabricated video done by Jack Posobiec and his crew at Turning Point USA. Biden has never said these things, and there's no evidence that he would ever will. It's a flat-out lie. There's no evidence Biden would ever say these things? Really? Guess what? You haven't been paying attention. Found the guy who hasn't been paying attention. But here's the other part is that a lot of people were looking at this and had the exact opposite reaction. This is an AI simulation, but Posto was right on the money here. Don't think so. How did the rest of our conflicts go? And of course, in the video, I talk about mission creep. I talk about Afghanistan. I talk about specifically about Vietnam, which started exactly this way. One of the first comments we got, pre-creation is a new word coined, which shall enter our dictionary soon with AI and deep fakes, et cetera. That's right, because it is pre-creation. I don't know if this is the first time this has ever been done. I don't know if I'm actually coining that term, but I'll, I'll take it. Pre-creation. Pre-creation. Keep in mind. This is a scary possibility. Yes, it's AI, but incredibly scary thought of pending world war. We're actually well past due for another world war. Uh, and they talk about the dates of, of World War I, World War II, over 25 years between. And of course, we talked a lot about the fourth turning, which we are in and we are due for another global conflict. I've said it so many times. We've also, of course, had Mearsheimer warning of this exact thing. Uh, Joshua Youngbluth wrote, wrote, it's about time that we on the right start using AI to express our points of view. We need to use these powerful tools lest we fall behind to the left. Great point. And last two, Bowtied Ranger, 
brilliant use of AI and political commentary to show Americans what's at stake and the mission creep of the Ukraine war. This is what playing offense looks like. And then from Sir, Sir Stephen KJ, Jack Posobiec may have just prevented a draft. So it's simple. There's some people who get it. There's some people who don't. But folks, here's the thing. I'm not going to apologize. I'm not going to apologize for winning. I'm not going to apologize for taking shots on goal. I'm not going to apologize for using the uh, the tactics of the other side. I'm not going to apologize for moving the chains. I'm not going to apologize for pushing the boundaries because everyone says they want to push the boundaries. Everyone says it. And then they get all upset when the boundaries actually get pushed. Well, you want to call yourself anti-war. You want to call yourself, oh, I'm opposed to this. I'm going to do something about it. Well, guess what? I did do something about it. They say, see something, say something, right? I'm one man. I got one voice. And this is what I'm saying. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.